Well, thank the Lord. I'm glad when the brothers sing. Amen. Amen. Well, <clears throat> this morning, love that will not quit. Love that will not quit. And uh, all the things, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And uh, you know what's wonderful? It's not hard to love the Lord when you stop and think of all he does for us and how much he loves us. Let's ask the Lord to bless now. Father, we come to the preaching time, which is so vitally important for us. We need something from you. I have just a few minutes, really, to bring a message to help us through this week. And Lord, I I believe the message this morning can help us through the rest of our lives. And I think it could help us to be pleasing to thee. Lord, bless what's about to be said. I pray that you'd be, uh, your approval will be upon what we talk about here today. I know it will because it's the word of God. But Lord, help me as I speak. Give my voice the strength. Give us hearts that are tender. And if there's somebody here not saved, I pray you save them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I found a poem by Helen Steiner Rice entitled, What is Love? Let me read it to you. It says, no words can define it. It's something so great, only God could design it. It grows through the years in sunshine and rain, in gladness and sadness, in pleasure and pain. It's ever enduring and patient and kind. It judges all things with the heart, not the mind. And love can transform the most commonplace into beauty and splendor and sweetness and grace. Yes, love is beyond what man can define, for love is immortal and God's gift is divine. A beautiful poem about what love really is all about. You know, it's a whole lot different than what the world says. The world has their idea of what love is. You hear people saying, oh, I'm in love. They have no idea what it's all about. But love is a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to be loved. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I really relish in the fact that you folks love me. And I know you do, most of you. A few of you don't, but I don't care. <laughs> Feelings mutual. But, but you know, I mean, it, there's no doubt in my mind that church folks love their preacher here. I mean, that, that's, it's just a given. And, it, and if it's not true, don't go out of here telling me it's not. Because I just enjoy believing this, that you love me. And you show me so many times. And your presence here today, I think, is part of it. But you love God. That's why you're here. But you're in this place hearing about God because there is that, that love. I, I love being loved, but I also love the opportunity to love other people, too. It's good to love. You know, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a fundamentalist. I'm a fighting fundamentalist. I'm going to preach against sin, but I also want to preach about love. And I think about the love of God. It's great to be loved and to love. But to really know what love is all about, we've got to know God. Again, the world has their idea. They write love songs today that are really more uh, lust songs. 
than love songs. But the songs we sing in our hymnal are really love songs as we sing about our, our Lord. The song that the fellows just sang is really a love song of a love for God and a God's love for us. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, and here it is, for God is love. In other words, without God, there is no love. I really, I re- this way I believe, I really don't think lost people can have true love. Because lost people don't have God. Saved people can have real, true love because we have who he who is love. I'm not saying we can't have affection. A lost person can't have affection. Sure they can. They can have affection, but they can also have affection. They say, well, I really love you, but then they say, I love ice cream too. There's a difference, isn't there? Little, but there is a difference. But without God, there's no real love. And the fact of the matter is, there's no doubt whatsoever that God loves us. I don't care what people say. People say that God doesn't love, but God is love, and God does love. And there's no doubt in the world that God is love. There's no doubt in the world that God loves us. No doubt about it. You say, well, I have doubts about it. You read your Bible, you won't have any doubts. You accept Jesus as your Savior, you will not have any doubts that God loves you. You say, preacher, I'm saved, but I don't know if God loves me. Hey, you need to realize the reason you're saved is because God loves you. The Bible says, Ephesians 2, 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. When I think about God's love, it talks about his love being great love. I think it's more than I can comprehend. I really believe that. Because I know that for God so loved the world. And I'm like, you know what? This world is very distasteful to me. When I look and I see some of the people that are in the world today, I I hate saying this, but I have a hard time loving them. But God loves them. Those, we can mention names that would bring disgust to our minds and our hearts. And we we don't even want to bring their name up. And yet to stop and think that God loves them so much that he gave his son Jesus to die for them. That's hard to fathom almost, isn't it? To realize, but that's how deep God's love is. For God so loved the world. God loved us before we even were. God loved us before we even knew who God was. God didn't love us because we were good. God did not love us because of what we had. God loved us because of who he is. He is love. I don't understand today why sometimes people have this idea that God does not love them. Maybe the thought's gone through your mind from time to time. Well, God, don't you love me? Let me tell you the answer to that one. Yes, he does. You say, but God, I don't see you. But he's there. He made us the promise, didn't he? He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Understand who made the promise? Not a politician. God did. And he saved us. He gave his only begotten son... For you. 
So when a saved person says, well, yeah, God, I just wonder if you love me. It's almost like you want to, you know, God ought to just tap you on the shoulder and say, wait a minute, who saved you? Who saved you out of your sin? Who washed away all your unrighteousness? Who washed away that sin? I did, is what God's saying. Surely he loves us. He could have let us all die and gone to hell. Because that's what we deserve. You know, it's not God's fault people die and go to hell. It's their own fault. For God so loved the world. He made the way so everybody could be saved. It's his will that all be saved. That does not mean that everybody will get saved. But his will is that they would get saved. But we, if we got what we deserved, we'd be burning in hell right now. Proof. God loves us. What a wonderful thing to think about, isn't it, today? Oh, by the way, every day. He loves us so much that he died for us. And he loves us so much that he's preparing a place for us in heaven as we speak. Think about it. I still believe this King James Bible where it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, if you have an NIV, you get rooms. They're right off the alley, all righty? But uh, what happens? We got, we got mansions according to the word of God. Every word of God is pure. So, well, it really don't matter. I heard a man one time say, I really don't care. I don't care if it's a pup tent over there and, and on the side of the town. And you, you know, that, that sounds real spiritual. But you know what? I want what God wants me to have. I'm not wanting a mansion so I can walk around and say, look at my mansion. Look how nice it is. I don't think that's what happens. Although I think this, I think I'll say, look at my mansion. You know how I got it? God made it for me. And your neighbor will say, guess what? He made me one too. And I don't think we're going to go, but mine's better than yours. I think we'll all say, yeah, you know what? Yours is as beautiful as mine is. Boy, our God. I think we'll get together as neighbors and say, our God really loves us. And so he's getting ready for us. You know, it's Christmas time. I'm looking forward to something. Food. My wife was talking today. She goes, I don't know if I'm going to make turkey or ham. You know what we came to the conclusion? Both. Hey, amen. So, uh, you know, I thank the Lord. I hope that still holds. She's down in teaching junior church right now. So I told everybody, so it's got to happen now. But you know, no, you know what really is really exciting to me? Everybody coming home. I look forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. We say, uh, Leah was over at the house yesterday and she says, Grammy, where, where am I going to sit when I eat? Because we have the table of the adults and then we have the table of teenagers, and then we have the table of little kids, and all the brats are outside in the garage. There's no brats. Well, there are, but we don't say that. Call them that, all right? But, but, the, but the thing is, you know, I'm looking forward to all those kids coming. I'm all excited about it. They'll come there, and they'll, they'll be upstairs with us for a little while. Next thing I know, the kids are going to be in the basement. They love to play downstairs. But I'm glad, and I'll sit while adults will sit around, we'll talk. And you know what I find myself a lot of times doing? Just sitting there. I think a lot of grandpas do this. Just sit there and listen to the young people talk. 
because we ate so much we can't talk. We'll sit there and we enjoy how wonderful it is. I look forward to it. I'm looking forward to the day when the trumpet sounds. Can you imagine how God's going to be so thrilled too? It's time. It's time. Blow the trumpet. It's time for my children to come home. Well, I think, I think God's going to be so excited. And you say, well, preacher, I just don't think of it that way. You may not think of it that way, but he's my father, and I am a father down here, and this father is excited when the family comes over, and I believe my heavenly father is excited when his family comes over too. And we won't leave. Amen? Thank the Lord, real families do. But you know, the excitement of knowing that the family's coming, the excitement of knowing the Lord is going to welcome us home. But the wonderful reason for it all is because God loves us. And as I want to talk to you about this morning is this, his love does not quit. I preached on this, kind of on this subject a little bit, about too awful long ago, I think. But God will ne- we will never come to a time when God does not love you. Isn't that wonderful? There never will come a time when God does not love you. Reese, you're what, 13? I trust he has lots of years left. You become 68 years old, I will just be a memory, and you better still remember me. But you know, he's just 13 years old. There's a, there's a lot of life we're looking forward to him having. But I'm going to tell you right now, Reese, God will never stop loving you. Never. Those little kids down there in junior church. I saw Emma coming in this morning, big old smile on her face. She's always happy to see me. Her dad's not so happy, but he, she's always so happy. And she's just smiling at me. You think about this. You know what? God will never stop loving her. She doesn't even understand it all right now. But God will never stop loving her. God will never stop loving you. You say, but preacher, I've made some mistakes in my life. Who hasn't? You say, but I've made more mistakes than someone else. Maybe you have. Maybe your record is really bad. But God never stopped loving you. Never has. Never will. We may disappoint him sometimes, and we do. I'm not making an excuse for it. I don't think we should do it, but we do. But he still loves us. He still loves us. So here's the question for us. First of all, I say there is no question that God loves us. But the question is this morning, do I love him? Now, he's going to love me even if I don't. Because he loves sinners right now that have no, nothing to do with God except to use his name in curse words. But how much do you love him? It's easy for us to say we love him. But saying something doesn't always mean it to be true. So you say, preacher, how then can we, is there a way that we can know if we really love him? And I believe there is several. Let me give them to you this morning. One is this. 
Love, true love, requires this thing. Ready? Action. Love requires action. The Bible says in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Didn't he? I think we'd have to say that love is a busy thing. It's a busy thing. You know, uh, a parent loves their children. You know, when these little babies come home, our babies are all grown up now, grandbabies are even growing up. And, but you know what? When our babies were born, and Lisa was our first child way back in 1892. <laughs> yeah, so you say, man, I didn't know she was that old. Do you realize how old that makes me? But you know what? I mean, I mean, we loved her before she was even born. I wasn't too fond of her waking me up on finals day at school to have in the middle of the night to go to the hospital. She could have done it like in the summertime. You know, so what? It had been 12 months of pregnancy. It didn't matter to me. But the thing is, you know what? We loved her before she was born. The first time I saw you was they had her in one of the little... I was going to say a cage. It wasn't a cage. What, a little incubator-like thing or something there? And they were rolling her down because in those days you couldn't go in and into the, into the, the, I always called it the hatching room. What's it called? The, the delivery room, all right? And hatching room, you understand where I'm coming from. But, but anyways, I, I, you couldn't go. And I, I was walking down, and they were rolling her down through the aisle there, and I looked, and they said, this is your baby. And I look at, there's Lisa Marie Bider. Isn't that your middle name? Yeah, it is. And that's Lisa Marie Bider. Oh, I loved her. And then after, I think mom was in the hospital, what, a week? I think back in those days, you were like in a week. You know, now it's like you're in by two, out by five. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, it was like a week in the hospital. And, and finally, we come home. It was so exciting. We're bringing Lisa home. We loved her. And so we put her in that bassinet. And Pam and I went out to eat to a restaurant. We went on a vacation. No. We had to get busy. We had to take care of that wonderful gift. It just keeps on giving. Amen. Do you know what it meant? It meant mommy and daddy are going to be busy. Why? Because we love that little baby. My wife would stay up all hours at night. Well, of course, Lisa did too, but that's why my wife had to stay up all hours of night. And I would come home from work at 1 o'clock in the morning, and my wife would be there, and she goes, guess who's awake? But it was a busy time. Going to the doctor's. You know, getting all the stuff that you need it was expensive. But you know why we did it? We loved her. We didn't complain and say, man, I tell you what's really neat. These little babies are really neat, but boy, they're a lot of work. We didn't complain about the work because we loved her. You know, we're, love is action. Love is action. When you get married, you find that out too, don't you? You wait for all that time, you make all that preparation, all the money that's spent. We got two young ladies here, it's gonna take the dive this next year. 
I'm going to spend all boogoodles of money for one day. Oh, let me say for a couple hours. I know I'm disappointing you right now, scaring you, but that's what's going to be. They're going to have a wedding dress that they're going to want to keep forever, never to use it again, just to be put somewhere in the house to be moved every time you move. You know what I'm talking about. What happens? You get married. Wonderful it is. And you go home and you just sit there. Look at each other, right? No, you got to go to work. Right? The dishes, it got to be clean. Mama's not there. The laundry needs done. Mama's not there and daddy is hiding. Right? All of a sudden, there's a lot of work involved. Maybe you girls ought not listen to this part that I'm talking about right now. It might disappoint you. And uh, Ethan's saying, please, preacher, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, brother, is what I'm trying to do. But here, here's the thing. Marriage is work, too. But why those of us been married for years and years and years can say I'm happily married? How can we say that? I don't know why that came to my mind right now. I'm thinking because we're liars. No, no. Why would we say that? Because we're in love. Love causes me to want to be busy. I go to work. She cleans the clothes. She takes care of the children. She does all those other thousands of things that we take for granted so often. Why in the world would someone do something like that? Because they love. Because they love. The married life is a busy life. The life of having children is a busy life. Jesus showed us how much he loved us by laying down his life for us. John chapter 10 verse 17 says, Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. You know, when you stop and think about how much God loves us and how much the Lord Jesus Christ loves us that he, he laid his life down for us. They didn't take his life. We look and say, those Jews, they took his life. No, they didn't. He laid his life down for us. He did according to the scripture. He laid his life down for us. You say, why would he put himself in that place? Why would he go and die for a bunch of old rotten sinners? Because he loved us. Because he loved us. God the Father showed his love to us by sacrificing his son on Calvary. Now here's the thing. Jesus' love, God's love, will not quit. And may I say this, neither should ours. We're to show God our love by our actions. Go with me to John chapter number 21, please. John chapter number 21 and verse number 15. Wonderful story here. Jesus had died on the cross of Calvary and risen from the dead. The disciples decided to go back fishing again. They were out there doing what they used to do. And somebody showed up, the resurrected Savior. How awesome that must have been. Look at verse 15. So when they had dined, 
Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, notice what he asked him, lovest thou me more than thee? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Now what's interesting about this, every time he asked him, Do you love me? And Peter came back with the affirmative, Yes, I love you. He said, Then do something. Didn't he? Love is not inaction. Love is action. Love is doing something. And I think, you know, we show God our love by our actions. You see, what was, what was going on here was this, that Peter's answer of words was not enough. We sing the song, My Jesus, I love thee. Great song. But do you? Words are cheap sometimes. We can say, I love you and not really love. And here's what the Lord was saying there. He said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, I do. And the Lord was saying, all right, I like that you said you do love me. But I want you to prove your love by being busy. Doing something. Feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. God was saying, your words were not enough. Many a man has told his wife that he loved her only to be cheating on her at the same time. It's happened. Same thing, a woman's done the same thing to her husband. Oh, I love you while she's cheating with another man. Words. Children have told their parents that they love them so that they can get something and then turn around and kill their parents I have to say they didn't love them little boy went missing this is recent little boy went missing couldn't find him his mother said somebody broke into the house and stole the little boy they showed her on the news and she cried and said oh please whoever took my little boy please bring him back and she said this I love him so much Please bring my boy back. While they're still looking for her boy, they find her at bars drinking and carrying on and getting drunk. Some people said, well, she was just in, in, in shock. But they found her little boy. She killed him and put him in plastic bags and threw him in a dumpster. And the police and different ones looking for him went through, I forget, I think it said 20 tons of garbage. The most horrible thing. And found that little boy that she said she loved. Oh, the little boy she murdered. That just breaks my heart. I think, how can people be that way? 
I saw a man one day, they said his wife was gone, taken, and he said, somebody took my wife, and I, I remember seeing on the news, and he said, he's, he's crying, he said, oh, please, bring my wife back. We don't care what you did, just bring her back. We just want her back alive. Only to find her body buried, I believe, in the desert, and he killed her. He said, on national TV, I love her. No man that loves his wife kills his wife. No mom that loves her children kills her children. Talk is cheap. You can't tell me they loved their children. Can't tell me he loved his wife. You say, but they said they did, but they didn't. Peter said, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. But I noticed that Jesus didn't say, well, okay, if you say so. Lord said, show me. Feed my sheep, didn't he? You see, love is busy. Love is doing something. Love is action. The question we ought to ask ourselves today, do I love Jesus this morning? Or we should ask the question this way, how much? Do I love Jesus? Do I love him enough to put him first in my life? Do I love him enough to go to church where they'll be preaching and singing about him? Do I love him enough to praise him? Open my mouth and say something other than gossip? Do I love him enough to invite someone to come to church? Do I love him enough to tell someone of his love? How much do I love the Lord today? Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. Lord didn't say, okay, if you say so. He said, feed my sheep. True love also requires a response. In other words, lip service is not good enough for God. He wants us to serve him. He wants us to be willing to sacrifice and guess what? Even to suffer. Say, oh man, that's not fair. Why would God, I heard, I heard someone not long ago say, why would God allow this to happen? Why would I have to go through suffering? You know, sometimes we will suffer. In fact, the Bible tells us we will. It says in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Preacher, I've gone, some, I've gone through some really heavy times. I've gone through some really difficult times. Yeah, you know what? We do sometimes. But that does not negate the fact that God loves you. And even when we go through troubles and trials, it ought not negate us loving him. Amen. He said, Preacher, that's harder. When everything's going fine, I don't find it hard to love God. I understand that. But when everything's not going fine, I sometimes, God, do you love me? We, that's already been settled. God loves us. The question is, do you love him? Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. You can say it all you want to. But the Lord says, feed my sheep. He expects a response. The message is kind of short. I'm on my last point now. True love lasts forever. I'm glad for that. 
There's no divorce in the love of God. It's forever. True love is eternal. It's that glue, if you will, that holds us together. The love of God. We can take that love that God has for us and use it in our relationships here. You think about it. If I can get a grasp and get an idea about how much God loves me, will help me to love other people. Amen. So I don't know if I want to. You're supposed to. If we love him, we will love each other too. We will keep his commandments, and his commandments are love one another, isn't it? So, so when, when, I, when I think about this, we can apply all these things in, 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 our, in our, our response, and, and that our love is a forever love, and, and that our love is, is an action thing. I can apply it in all my areas of life. I said, I'm thrilled that you all love me, and you know what? You do those things. And I love you, and I want to do those things because I love you too. Too many times we just get upset over stupid stuff. And even stupid things end up causing divorces. And we ought to go back to the Word of God and find out what God says about love. It's something that will thrill us, but also heal us, help us. I can think glue us together. That wonderful thing of God's love. So this morning we could ask the question, God, do you love me? And we answered it. Yes, he does. But here's where we're going to leave it. Do you love him? You can raise your hand, Pastor, I love Jesus. Peter did. Yay, Lord. Yay, Lord, I love you. The Lord didn't just reach over and hug him and say, oh, bless your heart, old boy. But said, show me some action now. When you walk down that aisle and married your bride, fellas, and you say, well, I hope you're happy now. And you didn't go back home. You went on honeymoon. Right? Or maybe you're too stingy, you just went back home. With her, at least. You got know, a little, little thing, they say little stories, and they live happily ever after. That's what it's supposed to be. So how in the world could that ever happen? Love. You see, Bible love. God's love. Not human lust. That fails. But God's love. How much do I love Jesus? Ask yourself that this morning. How much do I love Jesus? And then ask yourself this. What am I doing to show him that I love him? What am I doing to show him that I love him? You have the answer. 
Maybe today you need to start showing them. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for the opportunity to open the Bible this morning and to think again about your great love for us. I'm sure glad this morning that your love never ends. You don't love us so long and then give up on us. You love us even when we walk away from you, when we fail you. Lord, the problem is not this morning, your love for us. Oftentimes the problem is us not loving you like we should. Oh, we can talk real pretty. We can make it sound real nice. But Lord, like you did with Peter, feed my sheep. And Lord, you did it not once, not twice, but three times. Get Peter to understand he needs to really get busy. Lord, help us to be a busy people serving you because we love you. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning. Maybe you're here, you're not sure of salvation. You need to be saved. Why, God loves you, but you can't love him. You can't love others until you receive him as your Savior. I wonder if anyone here this morning say, Preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. I'd like to be sure of heaven someday. I know that God loves me, and I sure do want to love him. I'd like to call on Jesus today and be saved. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, that's me. I'd like to call upon Jesus and be saved. Christian, this morning, God speaks to your heart. Maybe we're like Peter sometimes and we say, well, I said it. I say I love you all the time. I always tell God I love him. And, and you know, I, I think that's a good thing for us to do. A lot of times when I pray, I say, Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. I like telling it because I like being told I'm loved. I love it when my grandkids and my kids and my wife says, I love you. And I believe our God loves it when we say, I love you. But he wants it to be more than just some words, but some action. Maybe today, some of us in this room need to get busy and feed his sheep. Get busy and show them how much we really love him. Father, I pray you're blessed now in this invitation. If somebody's not saved, I pray they come and get saved today. And Lord, I pray for each person in this room that does know you as Savior, Lord, but just not busy serving you like they should. I pray, Father, that we would love you enough to get busy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.